And we are back with another hour of the Steve Dace Show here on the Steve Dace Show. Funny how that works. 844-439-1391. 844-439-1391. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. D-E-A-C-E. You can now like us on our brand new Facebook page, facebook.com slash Steve Dace. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Well, throughout the course of this week and uh, quite a bit here today, we've been previewing this upcoming Family Leadership Summit here in my home state of Iowa. I know our listeners on our many affiliates across the country, not all of you can get to Iowa, which is why we're trying to bring a little taste of what happens here in the First in the Nation Caucus State to the rest of you. Later in this hour, one of the other featured guests, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, will join us. We had Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal last hour. But uh, one of the real thought leaders uh, whose who's timing at this event uh, could not be more providential, he joins us now. Uh, best-selling author multiple times over, Joel C. Rosenberg joins us. His latest, The Auschwitz Escape, is available now. And he's one of the country's foremost experts on uh, what's going on in Israel. So it, it's just it's serendipitous timing that you are with us here tonight, Joel. We are looking forward to picking your brain. How are you? I'm doing well, Steve. Great to be with you, and I'm really looking forward to being with everyone at the Family Leadership Summit. Uh, my second time, and uh, I'm the one guy I think that's not running for anything, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> can we change that? Maybe we can talk you into it. I no, hear, I no, hear there, there's, there's no way. I, if, I had it, if I had it my way, there might be an opening at the State Department if, you, if, you, if you're picking up when I'm laying down there, Joel. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Let first of all, for people, you've you've sort of been this presence discussing what's been going on in the Middle East now for several years. But I don't know how many of our our listeners really know how that came to be. What's the story of Joel C. Rosenberg? How did you end up with this sort of as um, your your area of expertise, and 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 your you became a subject matter expert on this? How that how did that happen? Well, let me start with a, a disclaimer. I'm, I'm a failed political consultant, Steve. Uh, everyone I've ever worked for has either lost or retired or won, but years after I worked for them. Uh, I've been in Washington for a quarter of a century, uh, helped Steve Forbes lose two presidential campaigns, uh, spent a lot of time in Iowa, uh, where we got mowed down by uh, uh, Dole one year and, uh, of course, uh, Governor Bush another time. But after that, went on to work for uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. It was at a time, uh, this was back in 2000, he was out of office then, but was preparing what he thought was a comeback campaign uh, for a few months later. I was on a small team of American advisors working with his Israeli team, and we were helping get ready, uh, lay the groundwork for a comeback for Netanyahu. As you know, <laughs> it took him nine years to come back and I played no role in that. When also, also worked for uh, a deputy prime minister of Israel, Natan Sharansky. Spent a lot of time in the region and have written, as you know now, a lot of books, uh, both fiction and non, uh, traveling extensively through Israel, but also uh, through the Muslim world, uh, including Iraq, Afghanistan, and, and so forth. So that's where I come from. I'm a, uh, from a Jewish background on my father's side. I'm an evangelical Christian. So my faith also, uh, and, and heritage, really informs a lot of what I see and what I do. Um, and I'm trying to look at the world, particularly the Middle East, what I call the epicenter, uh, through uh, geopolitical lenses, economic lenses, but also what I call the third lens, the lens of Scripture. And um, no time like the present. All eyes are riveted on the epicenter right now. One of the things I like about what you do, Joel, because uh, I, I read some of the stuff you write, I follow you on Twitter. 
is it's very difficult when passions get inflamed to not just completely become on one extreme or the other. And 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 listen, extremism in defense of liberty is no vice, as uh, Barry Goldwater once pointed out. But when you're talking about geopolitical situations, what can often happen is if you if we allow our, that that myopia to set in, we start pretending like the side we're in favor of is somehow now automatically immune from the frailties of human nature that right. uh, that, that that tempt the rest of us. And we have to make sure we don't buy into ends justify the means thinking. And so what I what I like about what you do is you do bring that perspective, uh, and and that is a pro-Israel perspective, but uh, that you do spend a lot of time reminding people that the other side uh, of this this, uh, contest has innocence involved as well, has people made and created in the image of God as well, has people that uh, Christ died for as well. And I think sometimes we get caught up in which side of this are we on as opposed to being on the side of the truth. Well, I appreciate that, and that is something that is a... It's a deep uh, passion uh, for me. I think geopolitically, uh, you know, we have to realize that we have Arab allies in the region. And while Israel is our number one most faithful and trusted ally uh, as a democracy, as a force for freedom, and against radical Islam in the Middle East, uh, they're not our only ally. Jordan is a, is a key ally. I was just there in, uh, in Jordan in May meeting with the prime minister, the foreign minister, uh, one of the princes and the other key leaders, trying to understand their perspective. You got Egypt uh, has been a longtime ally. Now it, that's a, a multifaceted situation in Egypt, but they are against radical Islam, and they are actually working very closely with the Israelis. Not so closely with us right now. But my point is, geopolitically, we have to remember we've got other friends in the region, and we have to have a balanced approach. Uh, I don't mean tipping against Israel, but understanding that we. We, we can't be myopic, myopic, as you just said, but also from a perspective as an evangelical Christian, you know, God has a plan and purpose for Israel. There's no question. Go, starting with the Abrahamic covenant, God said to Abraham, and he passed that promise on to Isaac and Jacob and the nation of Israel, those who bless you, I will bless, and those who curse you, I will curse. We all need to remember that dynamic, but we also have to remember that uh, God gave Abraham another son, Ishmael, and he didn't curse Ishmael. He actually said, I will bless you, and we get up to the point where Jesus comes, and John 3.16, God loves the whole world. He came to Jerusalem to die for Arabs and Iranians, as well as for Jews and all of the rest of us, and so therefore we have to be careful. God is not an either-or God. He's a both-and God, and by that I mean um, he certainly has made certain promises covenants with Israel and the Jewish people. Absolutely. I'll be talking about that uh, at the uh, summit and actually at, uh, at, a, at a church in West Des Moines as well on Sunday. We have to keep in mind that God doesn't only love and have a plan for the Jewish people. He really loves the Palestinians and others as well. And so just out of the act of compassion and, and from a Christ-like perspectiveness, we have to ask ourselves as believers, how can we love both sides and I want to be one other quick point, and that is, it's not just both sides. You know, if you look at the Israeli-Gaza situation, you've got Israel, you've got Hamas, the terrorist organization, and their allies, and then you have the Palestinian people. And, and so the Palestinian people are being crushed and oppressed by Hamas. Mm-hmm. The best thing that can happen is that they turn against Hamas 
and that the world turns against Hamas. And in the meantime, Israel has to defend itself uh, against Hamas and crush, as best they can, a truly evil jihadist force. You mentioned the uh, church you're speaking at in West Des Moines. That's actually the church I attend, uh, Grace West. Is that so, right? Okay. Yeah, well. so we will be seeing you there on Sunday. Joel C. Rosenberg is here with us, multiple best-selling author. His latest, The Auschwitz Escape, is uh, in stores now. And as you just uh, heard him describe, really his philosophy behind the expertise and the analysis he 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 provides on what's going on in the Middle East. And we're going to start getting get into some of that specifically here when we come back here in just a few, mo- few moments. I think there's three questions we all want to know. How did this latest conflict begin? In other words, why are we here? How do we get out? How do we make it never happen again? And I guess we'd throw in a fourth question as well, which is, is it symbolic of something more significant than just this one conflict? So we'll get into those four questions with Joel C. Rosenberg here in a moment. All right, back here with multiple best-selling author, many times over, Joel C. Rosenberg, and he's one of the featured speakers at this event that I'm a part of here in my backyard on Saturday. It's called the Family Leadership Summit. Uh, so is Senator Ted Cruz. He'll join us a little bit later on in this hour. Uh, but I wanted to give the listeners we have around the country outside of Iowa a, a preview of what we'll get a chance to hear uh, when uh, Joel joins us uh, this weekend. All right, so let's get specifically into what's happening in uh, in Israel and Gaza with Hamas right now. I really think there's three questions. Uh, why did this happen? How do we get out? Is there a way to never make it happen again? So, Joel, tackle each one of those for us one at a time, if you don't mind. Sure, Steve. Uh, first of all, how do we get into it? Well, in a very specific tactical way, what we're talking about is about, a, about two months ago, a month and a half ago, Hamas captured and murdered three Israeli teenagers um, that were uh, uh, hiking uh, near the West Bank. Uh, they dragged them in the West Bank. The, the, guy, the kids uh, tried to escape. They were all shot in the head. Uh, but for many days, uh, the Israelis thought the kids had been abducted. One of them had used a cell phone to try to call uh, for help. And so that was that set into motion a massive manhunt um, uh, throughout just tens of thousands of soldiers spread across the West Bank trying to find these kids. When the kids were finally found, there were some Jewish extremists who then retaliated and took a 17-year-old Arab boy, uh, Palestinian, and set him on poured gasoline over him and set him on fire. But simultaneously, Hamas had decided with all these Israeli troops fanning out over uh, the West Bank, they had decided to launch a rocket war. started with a few uh, dozen rockets. By the third day, I think there was 192 rockets, all being fired at Israeli civilians. Uh, These do not have guidance systems on these rockets. They were just being shot uh, wildly into Israeli towns and villages. And this set into motion what the last 30 days or so has been, more than 3,000 rockets and missiles fired at Israel, plus uh, terrorist death squads coming through uh, tunnels that had been dug from Gaza underneath Israel, where terror groups would pop up and start to try to kill Israelis in their beds at night. This has just been a horrible situation, and Israel obviously had to respond against this uh, jihadist assault. So that is the the fastest summary I can give you of sort of the last, let's say, 45 days or so of the the horror 
uh, that's been going on in the epicenter. So essentially, uh, extreme zealots on either side act out on their zealotry, and uh, and that then provides Hamas uh, the the cover of darkness, the excuse, the rationale, impetus to act on its fanaticism. Is 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 that pretty much summarize the events well, that there, you just unfolded? Well, there was certainly the case uh, where uh, where these uh, Jewish uh, extremists uh, did this horrifying, I mean, just sick and ghastly uh, act against this Palestinian right. boy. But I think those people were immediately arrested, and they're going to spend the rest of their life behind bars. There was no need for 3,000 rockets and missiles to be fired at Israel. You know, this, is, this was a, now appears a premeditated plan to set into motion a, war against, a summer war against Israel. And there's beginning to be some reports that uh, the IDF and Israeli intelligence were even um, seeing some of the planning. They just didn't know when something like this was going to happen or what Hamas would use as its trigger. All right. How does this stop? How how do how does how do we how? And this isn't the first time. Obviously, these two have gone back and forth. So, how does this particular episode stop? Is there a long term prescription here, Joel? As you and I do this interview, there has been a sort of tentative ceasefire in the last few days. We'll see what happens. You know, as we're as we're speaking, it could be it could be changing. So, but I think that the the main thing is that Israel has realize the only way to fight this is to is to attack all out. Now, they have taken a lot of measures to protect uh, Palestinian civilians by text messaging every uh, person in, um, in, in an apartment building or some other type of facility that they're about to bomb, and they're only bombing places in Gaza that where, where they have been fired um, upon from, okay? So, you know, they're not hitting a hospital because they think, oh, we don't know what that is, or let's kill people in a hospital. They actually tell the people in the hospital to clear everybody out first, uh, and only after they have been fired upon, and it's all on video. You can watch this stuff on YouTube. Uh, the IDF blog has it. I mean, you can watch rockets being fired out of hospitals, out of uh, schools, out of playgrounds, out of cemeteries, uh, residential areas, apartment buildings. It's just sickening what Hamas has done. So. The only way to stop it is to is to attack it, and I don't think Israel is in a position or wants to at this point, you know, occupy or take over uh, street by street Gaza. What they want to do is to punish and and degrade the Hamas forces so much that uh, they have fewer rockets, missiles, and people, you know, terrorists left to fight with, and that they cry uncle. We may be at that point. Um, I'm not sure yet. We're going to have to watch these next few days and weeks play out. It's still a very tense moment. I've but got... we also need the world to back up Israel and say, listen, every civilian casualty is terrible, but Hamas is responsible. And it's amazing that you know our government, our president of the United States and Secretary of State, have been pressuring the Israelis day after day after day to do a ceasefire before Hamas was ready to stop firing, this would be like if Israel, imagine if Israel was calling for a ceasefire 20 or 25 days after 9-11 and say, hey, stop fighting against al-Qaeda. It's it just irrational. I've got less than a minute here, like 45 seconds, Joel. Is okay. this symbolic of something more significant in your view? It is. We're watching a jihadist rampage. Radical Islam is on the move in Syria 170,000 dead, millions fleeing for their lives. 
uh, Iraq, Christians are being beheaded, crucified. ISIS, the radical Islamic group, is killing and beheading children. The jihadists are on the move because the United States is on the retreat. And we need to stand with Israel at this critical moment and not let there be daylight between us and our main ally against radical Islam. Uh, we also need to work with the Jordanians and the Egyptians, who are our Arab allies and needed at this moment. Great stuff. Joel C. Rosenberg, looking forward to seeing you, Joel, this weekend. Thanks for carving out some time for us. We'll see you on Saturday, brother. My pleasure. Thank you, Steve. When we come back, Texas Senator Ted Cruz is going to join us next.